0: this is do we like movies it's a podcast where two guys review individual movies sequels and occasional television shows in this show we talk about our experiences with them and we answer the question do we like this movie Welcome to Do We Like Movies? I'm your host Angel,
1: and I'm your Chad Kroger loving host Javi.
0: <laughs> and uh, all right, so this week and next week, in anticipation for Spider Man No Way Home, we are going back and we are watching. Really, I think the forgotten Spider Man uh, series, which you know didn't even get a full trilogy. It was just Mm-mm. the two movies: uh, The Amazing Spider Man and The Amazing Spider Man Two. Uh, starring uh, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, and uh, yeah, this, that's so so amazing. Spider Man One is the movie that we're talking about this week.
1: This movie caught Andrew Garfield at the height of his popularity, and it almost destroyed the career of another actor when Spider Amazing Spider Man Two <laughs> and Jamie Fox.
0: Okay, so so uh, part of the reason why I. I was talking about us going back and reviewing these two movies before we did the new Spider-Man movie is because for all like the talk out there about how Spider-Man three is maybe the worst movie in this franchise, I would legitimately argue that the movie we're going to cover next week is worse. And I think for us to be able to fully capture the scope of suck of Spider-Man amazing Spider-Man two that we would come back and do the Amazing Spider-Man now, Jose. Uh,
1: Jose, I need you to put "Scope of Suck" as trademarked <laughs> on, a,
0: <laughs> on a t-shirt from when we finally make it big. <laughs> um, all right. So this movie came out in 2012. It comes out the year, the same year that the Dark Knight trilogy ends, and I think that's fitting because one of the things I talked about while you and I were watching this movie before we started recording this was I legitimately think that this movie is little more than a response to... It's kind of like the Nolanization of (laughs) Spider-Man. And because this came out also the year that the first Avengers movie comes out, it feels like they were trying to do something that felt both different in tone from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films and also a little different in tone from uh, Marvel films as well because obviously at this time like nobody anticipated that spider-man would end up in a marvel studios movie
1: oh no at this point you're thinking sony is gonna keep making like very mid spider-man movies (laughs) but they're still gonna sell really well because it's spider-man and spider-man just prints a shit zillion dollars from just his existence (laughs) so
0: this movie like the genesis of this movie much like when we talked about you know spider-man homecoming or far from home is the genesis of the idea for these movies. All comes from that abandoned Spider-Man four movie, uh, because at certain points uh, the villains for those movies were both going to be um, the lizard <clears throat> or um, what's it called? Uh, what's the other guy? The vulture. That those were guys that you know that they were looking at as villains for that movie, and like. Again, it's like part of the idea of that movie. It's kind of like you ever hear of the screenplay Night Skies by Steven Spielberg?
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be the evil version of E.T., right?
0: Yes. So it's a movie that I guess was based on a alien encounter in like Kentucky or something like in the, in the 1950s. And the, it was based on like a, was allegedly a true story. And if you ever hear like the details of the movie or see like the characters that were supposed to be, you know, and it, it's, it sounds like a terrifying idea supposed to be like originally like a sequel to close encounters. And um, it was supposed to be a bunch of evil aliens were coming down uh, to terrorize this family in a farmhouse the young autistic boy in the family befriends a friendly alien Mm
1: -hmm. and i
0: guess at some point steven spielberg like ends up taking the project from Columbia. uh i guess like decides not to do it he abandons it and that script becomes both et the idea of the you know of the good alien befriending a socially alienated boy Mm -hmm. And then the idea of the evil aliens that are, you know, terrorizing a family ends up becoming poltergeist. Yikes.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at some stills from Night Skies Steven Spielberg and they look nasty. Especially this weird one where it looks like E.T. has human eyes.
0: Yeah, so again, one of those movies is what becomes poltergeist and then the other one is what became et so it always reminds me of that spider-man four script like that spider-man four script they got a ton of mileage out of it
1: (laughs) what are i guess what's your first experience with
0: asm Uh, yeah amazing (laughs) spider-man i think we went to go watch it as a group i don't know if you watched it with us i I, I swear i went somewhere that summer and i I can't
1: I did Nick. not watch this movie until like 2000. I, I think it was like a year or two after it came out. I think I red boxed it or something.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember who I saw it with, to be quite honest. It probably was just my wife at the time. Well, my then girlfriend, now wife. But
1: actually, you know where I think I saw it? It was back when I found out new and different ways to fuck off at work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: this was back when I was working stud the at the youth center and it was those boring days where we had nothing to do so i would go and like rent movies from Redbox and watch it with the teens and i would just like i would just pick movies that were for
0: me (laughs) (laughs) and
1: i would just be like hey kids we're gonna watch spider-man today and they were really about it and that reminds me of the day we watched the warriors and the kids are like hey javi can we watch the warriors and i'm like first of all how the hell do y'all know about the warriors (laughs) And they were like, "Oh yeah, because I think it was something about the video game, or something, something warriors related was like in the in the in the zeitgeist of the time." Holy fuck. Like,
0: okay, not to not to interrupt you, which is absolutely what I'm doing right now. You mean when I mean, what I I'm used to it, it's fine. No, <laughs> but completely unrelated to this conversation that we're having. <laughs> I literally almost fell backwards and ate shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, thankfully, and thankfully, because I was on mute, you couldn't hear the swear words <laughs> that were coming out of my mouth as I nearly <laughs> fell to my death. It's funny because you
1: always feel like you're about to die. <laughs> like, it's the worst feeling when you're like Ugh. when your office chair goes too far back. <laughs> Cause then not only do you feel like the fear of your balls going into your stomach, but just like <laughs> but just like you feel like an idiot for being scared. But anyway, right. thanks Sorry for interrupting. It. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Where was I? Oh yeah. Yep. Well now the momentum's gone. So anyway. The kids like convinced me to watch uh, the Warriors one day at, at the team center, so that was great. Nice. I forgot how much drugs were in that movie, and how much drugs are in the city of New York.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the city of New York, that's the Ooh. location for our movie, The Amazing Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> Fucking, that's what we call a segue in the
0: business <laughs> of podcasting. Um. Okay. So yeah, this movie, I think. You know what? It had the hype, but I think, like, because we were like, all right, you guys are rebooting Spider Man again, right? It was before Mm -hmm. it became a joke, because I feel like now, like, rebooting Spider Man every five years is, like, just a joke. Well, you know what's um,
1: weird? You know what's weird to me? mm. The reboot for between the reboot, like, the amount of time between the reboot of Batman and Robin to The Dark Knight feels like a lot less time than it is for this. Mm-hmm. For this Spider Man the Raimi series. But for some reason, this one feels too soon.
0: It does. It really does know. feel too soon. I think it's I don't know because, why. It, it, you know what it is? I think Spider Man being rebooted so quickly is probably what made us more accepting of rebooting movies right away. Could be that. Because, I, I mean, it, this really was the first movie that kind of did that. So I, I kind of get it. All right. So the creative forces behind this movie are familiar to us on this podcast. This movie was written by a guy named James Vanderbilt. Uh, it was Mm -hmm. written by two other guys, Alvin Sargent and Steve Cloves. but the main story that, you know, that came out of that original Spider-Man four script, uh, it was the James Vanderbilt script. And even though he's a guy who like, I don't know that he wrote a lot of stuff that was that like well-known or like that people look at as being that good. But the, best, but the best work I think he'd ever done was the script to Zodiac, which we've talked about on this podcast and we both really love. And the director of this movie uh, was Mark Webb, a guy who rose to prominence and basically was given the reins of this movie uh, because his, like, his, his directorial debut was 500 Days of Summer, which is a movie that we reviewed in year one of the podcast.
1: Uh what a long time ago that was.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and um it it's almost like I think like one of the things I talked about with you while we were watching this movie is I didn't think that like a movie from 2012 could feel so dated. And I think part of why it does feel so dated is because like you know, the characterization of Peter Parker as like this like indie rock, like emo kid instead of like kind of like the science nerd as he's more been more traditionally like played at Mm -hmm. as and it's just like also the fact that it's the 500 days of summer guy and that movie was such a big deal to like people around this age (laughs) and stuff like that and you know Andrew Garfield was coming off the social network Mm
1: -hmm. Emma Stone
0: was still like people knew her from stuff like super bad like The people of that moment, whereas like now you think of Emma Stone and you think of her as more of like a, you know, like more of Hollywood, like elite actresses that anytime she's in a movie, she's going to get nominated for an Academy Award. And we weren't there yet. They were still, despite the fact that they look every bit of their late 20s, (laughs) they were still kind of in the teen idol phase of their careers at this point.
1: They struck while the iron was hot in a lot of these people's (laughs) like careers. Because right. they were a lot of them were coming off like these big movies where they had name power now, but you didn't have to pay them a whole hell of a lot.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I feel like Marvel does that too. Like Marvel catches guys right before they completely blow up onto the scene, mm-hmm. and I, they, you know, it, it's it's cool. Spider Man is such an interesting experiment because now we've had three different series with three different Peter Parkers and three different love interests in each one of these series
1: that's true actually and it's
0: so you can like basically like um because Zendaya
1: isn't technically confirmed to be Mary Jane
0: no no her character's name is Michelle I mean as far as everyone knows and MJ MJ is nothing more than a nickname
1: Wait, really? When are they saying her name was Michelle? Spider Man Homecoming.
0: Spider Man Homecoming. Her move. Her name is Michelle throughout that entire movie. Oh, and she, yeah. and she doesn't like even say. She doesn't mention the MJ nickname until the end of that movie.
1: Oh, she's gonna mega die in no way <laughs> home now. Well, Damn.
0: That's the thing about this movie is that you know I didn't know a ton about Gwen Stacy outside of what I saw in the '90s cartoon. But what I did know about Gwen Stacy is that she is dead meat. Yep. It is.
1: The moment you introduce Gwen Stacy in a Spider-Man movie, there is a ticking clock, a ticking Gwen clock, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. So when she dies and I feel really bad because she was a character that at the time, I mean, even up until like, even now, like she was one of those characters um, that is just like, her death was used for character development for Peter. And I think that was a, that was a very common trope going into the nineties and even the early two thousands, where if you want to develop your male superhero character, you kill off their love interests and then they have to deal with that. And I think the, that whole term was called like fridging if I remember correctly. And it was based on the fact that I think green lantern, uh, Kyle Rayner, I think is his name found his dead girlfriend in a fridge because Sinestro had killed her. And ever since then, that became the term for like offing your female, your, you know, your female characters for, for the sake of, um, of uh, the hero's development. And it's like such a weird and outdated practice. And even though technically we don't know that this is where it's going the entire time there's just this really big sense of impending doom whenever Gwen is on, on on screen for me.
0: Yeah, like you feel like she's just one moment away in every scene from dying. It's and... like
1: it's like <laughs> I hate making this comparison, but it's like a hot tub time machine when they're waiting for <laughs> Stan's arm to come off. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually the dude's like, I'm gonna fucking rip his arm off myself if I don't see it come off soon.
0: <laughs> um Alright. So this, you know, we got a lot of I think this movie, the mistake that it makes right away because we are going to get somewhat negative on this movie and I think that's the reason why we chose to review it was to just review what we hated about it because Mm -hmm. it's left such a non-impression on me at the time.
1: You guys only review movies you like.
0: Well, well, here
1: you go. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, assholes. Now we're talking about uh, Amazing Spider-Man, so I hope
0: you're (laughs) happy. Um... All right, so we are seeing the Uncle Ben and Aunt May again. This time, played by Martin Sheen and Sally Fields. And I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say this: I like, I like Ben and May way more in this movie than I did in Raimi's Spider Man.
1: Ooh, those are some tough words.
0: I'm not joking. I think the characterization of these, I, I don't know. Yeah, the characterization's a little better for me here, despite the fact that the story is not. And like, I just besides that, like, all right. What this movie tries to do that's completely different before we get into everything that's the same. It starts off with a flashback of Peter Parker's parents. Mm -hmm. And this is you feel like it's going to be the mystery of this series is going to be finding out what happened to Peter's parents and was this is this based on anything in comic books because i seriously don't i don't know what the point of any of this is because it never comes back in this movie
1: Yeah, so i forgot to look it up so i'm kind of stupid for that but <laughs> it's, it's pretty much i was gonna tell you the same thing i told you yesterday is that the big thing about this movie is that um, the a lot of the inspiration was drawn by uh from uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man series. And that was like the big that was the big vibe they were going for here. Whether it was visually or also kind of like a lot, a lot of the character Ooh, sorry, a lot of the characterization was very was very uh Brian Michael Bendis uh who wrote Spider-Man in the early aughts into the mid aughts Pretty much Well, to the late odds, right before this series would have come out, Um, and pretty much in that one, like there is a lot more focus on shady government deals and what the the way the government is involved in the superhero community. So, in that one, Richard Parker is this like government scientist that works on a lot of hush hush stuff, and it's implied that the night he left. Um, him and his wife left uh, Peter with um, with Ben uh, he ended up getting killed and I think there's like some weirdness and, and I think there's another like there's an, actually the, the cartoon of the same name um, yeah the cartoon of the same name Amazing Spider-Man which was like on Disney back in the day Uh, kind of like played off of that as well so this kind of became unofficial canon but not really um i was trying to think what else if i remember correctly in the ultimate universe richard was working on the venom suit and that's actually how spider-man there gets venom um and i'm pretty sure that would have played into if this movie made it to the third act um but it didn't so but yeah this so this mostly draws from like the very grim and gritty version of spider-man and yeah like i i agree i really do like martin sheen as ben parker in this movie i think they give him a lot more they give him a lot more than i think that that's the important thing to remember about um, The difference between Amazing Spider-Man and the Raimi Spider-Man is that the Raimi Spider-Man very clearly, with the colors and the goofy stories and the overacting, is very reminiscent of the 60s to 70s Bat. I was about to say Batman, <laughs> Spider-Man comics, where everything is very bombastic, everything's very wordy, very Jack Kirby-esque.
0: I think we also talked about it when we did Spider-Man 2 last year yeah. that it, that a lot of it is very 70s Superman. Mm-hmm. And if you ever go back and watch Richard Donner's Superman the movie, you'll get what I'm saying. Like the scene of him running through the the iconic scene of Superman running through the street like, you know, pulling the shirt out to show the S symbol on his on his chest, like which they do a version of that in Raimi's Spider-Man and also just because of the the product of the time it came out in you know it came out the year after 911 there was this idea that like it i feel like it represented this like f- optimism in new york city and media for the first time that we had had since most of us in the country watched you know on live television uh the the two towers of the world trade center collapse like you know mm-hmm. on the morning of september 11th and um <laughs> This and movie I, is
1: yeah. like this movie's reminiscent of that post like millinerization of everything after 9-11. <laughs> so that's why you got a grim and gritty Spider-Man. And while the like the, the wisecracks and stuff are there, it's still fundamentally different. Like he does feel a lot more violent, but what I do like is that it makes Sal, it makes May and Ben actually grounded in reality. Because it's like in the in the in the Raimi Spider-Man, it feels like Ben is like this infallible beacon of hope that's guiding Peter throughout. Like,
0: yes, his it's journey almost right. like it's almost like you view Ben as an ideal that we'd all like to be. Mm-hmm. And then,
1: meanwhile, here Martin Sheen still like he still has that where he's giving out life lessons left and right. But there's this one part where he just like he berates Peter. Like he also makes mistakes. He cut, you know, he he. You know, he talks shit on Peter. He talks shit on Peter's dad. (laughs) He like, he antagonizes him at some points. So, even though he's not this idealized version of Uncle Ben, I think it's more realistic. And at least the way he reacts to the way Peter treats him is more in line to the way people would react in real life. You know, it's not like Tobey Maguire being a total dickbag to Uncle Ben. And then Uncle Ben being like, "Well, you don't just eat your vegetables, son," and you know weird shit like that.
0: I think the character of May suffers in this characterization. The actress is better than the than the one in the Raimi movies, but the characterization isn't as good for her. She feels she feels more like a passive character in this. Hell yeah! Like barely makes an impression, and you know, like to me, at the end of the movie, it's like you almost feel like you just wish that may would have just known he was Spider-Man because you're like this poor woman, like she's like lost her husband and and Peter is nothing but a dick to her because he just disappears. Like never tells her where he's going. And uh, just like anytime that she like has questions for him about why he has lacerations all over his face, he just gives her stupid grins and, and like it just, it, it's. I'm glad that you know that that MCU Spider Man is getting around this by you know aging down not just Peter Parker but Aunt May as well, mm-hmm. and it feels more like a realistic take on that relationship. Um,
1: if there was any movie that I thought the that like um, that Aunt May would know that Spider Man or that Peter Spider Man, it would be this movie because like as soon as he gets his powers, it completely lends itself like you can pinpoint the exact moment that i would have said hey i have superpowers all of a sudden what do i do (laughs) (laughs) so it was funny to see how that could have happened and it didn't um which i mean yeah like of course it's not gonna happen because that's not kind of that's not spider-man at this point in his career at this point in the spider-man we're ready to get um but yeah it also felt weird like uh, and they, but i mean it goes in line if they're going for the angsty teen angry spider-man they definitely got angsty teen angry spider-man you know
0: yeah all right so once we get this like first flashback scene uh you know we get to peter's quote-unquote high school years <laughs> where he's you know uh basically a loner at school uh you get the scene of him being bullied by flash thompson uh, you get him like you know meeting and kind of like oh, you mean starting not
1: Chad Michael Murray?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, that kid
1: looks so much like Chad Michael Murray to me, but then maybe I just don't know what Chad Michael. Murray Well, you looks know what's like.
0: funny too is the guy who plays uh Flash in in Raimi's Spider Man is the guy who ended up uh you know who who was Deathstroke in the post credit scene and uh, uh, on Justice League. <laughs>
1: Oh, you're talking about Joe Manganiello? Fuck, I can't pronounce his name. I've been calling Mugliano this whole time. <laughs> I hope I never meet Joe Manganiello because he might punch me in the face the way he almost punched Toby. But no, yeah, I actually really liked him as Flash. He was definitely like big, beefy Flash. And also, I later found out that he's a total fucking nerd. Like, <laughs> he's part of like this big movement of of like of like trying to convince big beefy bodybuilder guys to play more Dungeons and Dragons cuz apparently he's a huge Dungeons and Dragons nerd. I know that now cuz yeah, I'm starting to become a
0: nerd myself. Uh this is where he, we get the introduction to Gwen Stacy. Uh we kind of see their relationship start to develop. I guess like she stops Peter from being bullied, has some sort of interest in him. Uh then you get the scene right after that where you know Ben comes into Peter's room uh, has a conversation with him and he Mm -hmm. sees the picture of Gwen on his computer talks about how pretty she is and then you have like this like portion of the movie where Ben basically is the guy who puts the Peter-Gwen relationship into motion. Pretty
1: much it all started with a little bit of light teasing It it, Um, it really
0: feels like you know going back to Batman Begins like (laughs) they, they retold they retold like the Batman origin story like because it, it, this is it right like the batman origin story is overdone to such an extent like you have to see like a new version of it in every single new reboot or medium you know batman's parents died it's what's the catalyst that turns him into a superhero and it's it, like in batman begins they ended up spending so much time focusing on his dad and i don't think i ever remembered any comic like any batman comic or movie before like not just focusing on his parents but spending so much time focusing on his paternal relationship with his dad and this one i feel like is is kind of does that same thing because even though like you know ben and may are are the people that who are basically adopted him and he lives with peter's the the only like emotional stuff or actual like depth like character depth moments are done with Ben which is bizarre because it's like Ben doesn't last the entire movie He, he <laughs> his, lasts death, his death comes than... about 40 to 50 minutes into this movie
1: that is 40 to 50 minutes too late
0: I would agree with that <laughs> like he... one of the problems with this movie is that it is long and... it is a 2
1: hour and 17 minute superhero movie And I want to tell the audience or the listeners this right now. You get, like, easily 62 lizardless minutes before (laughs) Doc Connors.
0: (laughs) Lizardless.
1: Like, it's really stupid that I want to watch a movie about a stupid spandex teenager punching a stupid lizard man. And I don't get that until, like... 45 minutes left in the movie
0: yeah no like in in part of why i talked about batman begins this movie follows that template if you go back to batman begins that you don't get batman until one hour into that two hour movie Jesus and in Christ. this movie you don't get spider-man until one hour into this movie like you don't even get
1: wrestling spider-man no to, they completely
0: like, retcon the like it. They they retconned the origin story. They made it a lot less big. And I think what they were thinking is let's make it darker, let's make it grittier, mm-hmm. and let's make it more realistic, because they're gonna have scenes of Peter putting together the Spider-Man suit. Uh this, like the eye, those like eye lenses that he has in his mask are essentially created. sunglasses lenses. And created it's like the web shooters, which was really cool. Actually, yeah, I didn't want to like, mention it's, that.
1: It's, it's very
0: did. DIY Spider-Man.
1: I do and I personally am a fan of DIY Spider-Man because that's kind of how Spider-Man should be in my book Mm. like the whole thing about Spider-Man is that he's supposed to be like this broke kid from Queens trying to piece together how to be a Spider-Man like how to be a superhero and he's doing it on a budget because he doesn't like you know he's always right on that's the one thing Raimi got down really good was like the 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 sad sack of of peter you know and like how that affects his relationships not only as peter parker but his relationships in the world as spider-man
0: i mean they Um, did but they it's almost like like the the way he created that suit they don't really give you that like he just drew a picture of it and then next thing you know he had it like you have no idea how he built the suit oh no yeah
1: that that part was annoying all he had was like the mask and all of a sudden (laughs) Now I get the now I get the scene in Deadpool when he goes through all like the different versions of the suit before he finally settles on the Deadpool suit because like yeah I lo- I look back at that scene where he specifically has like the sunglasses and the ski mask on and I'm like oh yeah he's probably making fun of this cuz it looks so stupid in this movie <laughs> but um what I did want to mention I do like is there is a little bit of a technology foreshadowing in the in the room scene. Um and just in general, like you said, they really do play up the fact that um that uh Peter is like making these web shooter or that you know that he's gonna make these web shooters himself because he has a lot of things um like a lot a lot of random like homemade tech that he gets. Uh and apparently in this movie if you want something to look techy you just add a fucking circuit board to everything.
0: Yeah, everything is a circuit board. Like Peter has no money, but he's able to like get anything with the circuit board. Um circuit he-
1: boards to lock your door, circuit <laughs> boards for your camera and your phone. And so, yeah, it was it was goofy, but I do like that they're trying to play up the fact that he's an inventor as well.
0: What doesn't um, make sense to me is that Peter's an inventor in high school, I guess. And then Gwen Stacy is somehow full-on working in an important role in a laboratory, all while being like yeah. a 16-year-old. <laughs> She's supposed to goodness. be an intern. <laughs> <laughs> it it reminded me of like Saved by the Bell, like the original series where, you know, like they were all supposed to be like interning at hospitals, but basically mm-hmm. did all the stuff nurses are supposed to do. <laughs>
1: So, and that's kind of a thing in the ultimate universe is that they all go to this high school. A Midtown High is supposed to be this, like, Midtown High Science or Science High School is supposed to be a place for all the eggheads go. And it's supposed to be this actually really prestigious, like, high school that, um, that for anything science based. So it's like completely focused on STEM and it's supposed to send kids to, like, MIT or, or Cal or any like technical science school. Um, so that's how they play it up is that every kid there is borderline a genius, like beginning at freshman year. And they only go like, they only go up from there. But for some reason they still have like a football team. <laughs> and Apparently they're also really good at that. too. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how they play it up. Um, but you don't really get like if you don't know that from the comic books like i see what you're saying you're not gonna pick up on that in this movie
0: <laughs> no. there's
1: nothing that tells you midtown high is supposed to be this prestigious science school and that that would explain why gwen has such an important job at oscorp labs
0: yeah and it's like again we're going through this stuff really quickly because it is it, it should be pretty quick but the i think the big problem with this movie it's for as fast as we can tell the story of the plot. They spend too much time, like just stuck on stuff, you know, like we, we, we end, we send up. So we end up spending so much time with the Peter getting bitten by spider, which comes like late into the movie. Mm -hmm. And then the death of uncle Ben comes late into the movie. We still have to deal with the scene of like Peter, like learning his powers as Spider-Man, which is late into the movie way late into the movie and then also it's like it's just not done as good as the raimi stuff and everything here is so dark like it's not it doesn't even have like that same like brightness where you can see the entire city Mm -hmm. like it just and i think we talked about this when we did spider-man too but it's like the raimi spider-man movies captured the scope of how big new york city is and you feel like spider-man is the hero that's saving the entire city Mm-hmm. and we talk about how you know the newer spider-man movies i think no way home is going to change that but the newer spider-man movies spider-man feels like a smaller character that only takes care of like one of the boroughs in new york or something mm-hmm. while the avengers are like you know more of the heroes that are watching the entire city and don't I
1: mean, even makes the joke in homecoming right or it's like no your friendly neighborhood stick yeah. to your neighborhood
0: yeah and and in this movie He's just chasing after carjackers, like trying to find mm-hmm. information on his parents. And it's just it feels like what he's doing is not big enough to justify everybody knowing who he is by the end of the movie. Like, you know, like it just doesn't make it. It doesn't hit the same when you're coming off of 9 and it's like you get the 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 feeling that all New Yorkers are coming together to rally around Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. like, And you feel like you should get that kind of feeling out of this. But you just don't, and because everything is so dark, and you spend so much time just on Peter and Gwen and like the people in their circle, like it just doesn't feel like the world is that big. And, and you know, like, and a, even more poisonous than that, the music in this sucks. And the shut up, Spider-Man don't you
1: dare talk about the
0: the indie rock music. No, 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 not not the like, not the music. Not the music by art. I mean the score, yeah. Yeah, I mean the score, the score and the theme. Like it's just terrible. And it's, I didn't even remember this theme before we started watching this movie. And when I kept hearing it over and over again, I was like, ugh, like this. This sounds like ass. It feels old. It feels old. It feels dated. It doesn't feel like it, it just sucks. And especially now that I love the, the, one of the things I can say is I love the, the, the score to, the MCU Spider Man, mm-hmm. and I also love the score to the PS4 Spider Man video game and the uh, Miles Morales video game. And, and there's so much yep. better Spider Man product out here that it just it, this movie just like stands out for how bad, bad. it sounds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I guess some things to talk about, uh, when. Like you mentioned, Peter goes to Oscorp where he meets Dr. Kurt Connors, Kurt Connors, as we all know, or should know, sorry for the spoilers becomes the lizard. Um, you find out that he actually worked with Richard Parker on a cross genetic um, across, uh, cross species, genetic like program. And this is actually how Peter gets his power. So no more radioactive spiders like in this in this continuity and i think that's actually i want to say in in um in the ultimate spider-man that's also true they weren't they it wasn't a radioactive spider i want to say it was like a cross genetic spider or some shit um but the thing about the ultimate spider-man and i don't know if they do it in amazing spider-man 2 everything is about creating a super soldier the whole reason Iron Man created the suit was to make a super soldier. The whole reason Bruce Banner became the Hulk was because he was trying to make a super soldier serum. Uh Peter was, you know, turned to Spider-Man because there was something about investigating cross genetics to make another super soldier. So everything about super soldiers in the ultimate universe. And I don't know if that really carried over here But they, yeah they did away with the radioactive can- with the, I was about to say With the radioactive cancer causing Powers And they went to something I guess Because genetics like going the genetic Route and I mean that Actually makes sense you know because this is 2012 GMOs Genetically modified organisms um, Are finally like coming into Our, into our zeitgeist and that's kind of Like the big thing at that time is that you can make anything in a lab if you really try hard enough and you want to spit in the face of god. <laughs> but uh, this is where spider or this is where Peter ends up getting bit by the spider and ends up getting his powers and literally as long as it took for me to like to to get over the the what's it called get over the slight symptoms from uh the second covid shot is about as long it, as it took for peter to finally get his power
0: <laughs> oh nice
1: i took a power nap and i was fine and that's the same thing that happened with peter <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah there's like, no like body changes like in the in, in ramey's stuff i felt like it was almost like a metaphor for puberty in some ways
1: 100 percent, and i think <laughs> that is kind of what Ramy was going for And even to the point where um, what I really like is you don't see Tobey Maguire shirtless until he wakes up the next day. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you see he's got like, you know, chiseled abs and he's got and like he tries to put on the glasses and it doesn't like it hurts his eyes. Um, So you're like, oh, crap. Like there's an actual transformation. This motherfucker, Andrew Garfield took a nap on the boat, like (laughs) on the subway. subway. not to mention total dick move to lie down on like three subway seats
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like up... you couldn't even tell that he was like feeling ill or anything like that like no. it's it, at least not enough and and again it it's, it doesn't do it just doesn't do a good job of like of of helping you understand how he arrives at the idea of becoming spider-man so quickly um I think what they're trying to do is make you like go through a hero's journey of him going from looking for revenge or answers over his parents and how that like morphs into him becoming this superhero and 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 choosing to save everyone else but uh, again it's just it it all it's so bland and it goes on for too... like the the pre-Spider-Man stuff goes on for too long that by the time he is Spider-Man like I don't know. The second half of the movie is, is, is even more forgettable because even the mm-hmm. villain isn't that good. You know, like no. we, we had Green Goblin and then we had Doc Ock, which were a fucking fantastic villains. Uh, that third movie had bad villains <laughs> that nobody I mean, liked. You but... had
1: Sandman, who in the comics is great. Yeah. But in that movie, I think he was played by Thomas Hayden Church. And unfortunately, it was mostly forgettable. Mm -hmm. Then they make you sympathize with Sandman for the last, like, third of the movie. And then they have the terrible fucking Venom that will play (laughs) it (laughs) for (laughs) great. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, Dr. Connors, unfortunately, is very, like, the Lizard is a very forgettable villain as is. And this movie did not do him any favors.
0: Yeah, and then you get Harry as, like, the... Green Goblin 2 I guess <laughs> and that yeah, as well. Yeah. And it's just it, it's the over and we're gonna get it next week too it's just like the overstuffing a fucking bunch of villains in this and I think the problem with this is too is like I, I feel like they were trying to introduce too much stuff that they weren't gonna wrap up until a later movie mm-hmm. because Avengers kind of created the world to where everyone was thinking about shared universes after
1: yeah. like, you know like
0: we knew Avengers was coming one of the bummers about Avengers is that, like, Spider Man is an Avenger. And, like, we all, like, at that time were like, yeah, this is, you know, we're not going to see Spider Man in an MCU movie. So I guess Sony thought that their best idea was to create a world, like, that had more than just Spider Man in it. Mm. And, you know, it's just, eh, I, I feel like while Marvel, like, had more than one hero that you could like create movies for and make like actual interesting movies for, I, I feel like even now with the stuff that they're doing with Spider-Man, like the Morbius movie and to an extent, like the stuff with Venom, even though I do enjoy those Venom movies, it's just in what they tried to do with X-Men and at Fox before MCU, like before, uh, you know, they were absorbed by Disney. Uh, it, it's just, it, it, the worlds aren't big enough to sustain their own like shared universes the same way that Marvel Canon is.
1: Yeah, hey, give it some time, baby boy.
0: <laughs>
1: Malchwitz has some long-term plans, I'm sure. <laughs> <Malschwitz>. <laughs> so, um okay. I need to talk about something. And it might hurt some people's feelings. All right. It might be offensive to some people. Uncle Ben had it coming in this movie, okay? (laughs) No, I agree.
0: I absolutely agree with you. He
1: absolutely deserved to get shot for the way he was going about things.
0: Yeah, it was too much. It gave off way too much, you know, I care about property more than any. Like, you know, like I'm going (laughs) to defend property (laughs) for my taste. (laughs) <laughs> like,
1: like yeah okay i get it the dude was clearly the dude robbed the convenience store he ended up throwing the the chocolate milk to peter the the guy running the convenience store was a dickhead fine like that's fine like i guess i'm supposed to empathize with the robber like that's the problem they made me empathize <laughs> with the robber because the <laughs> store owner was a dickhead <laughs> and then when the guy's running away from the store owner he ends up tripping and his gun goes flying so responsible gun ownership but my favorite part <laughs> is the guy did not pull his gun out to kill anybody he was not gonna he didn't have any plan to shoot anybody but because uncle ben saw gun time for me to do my best clint eastwood impression For Grant- <laughs> you know.
0: yeah we talked about it offline but Whereas ramy's like the 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 tone of Sam Raimi's Spider Man was New York strong, mm-hmm. I feel you mentioned that the tone of this movie feels a little Blue Lives Matter. <laughs> it was so, and I'm not gonna argue with you. I it, it, there's this bizarre like energy over this where it's just like, yeah, they probably expected Mark, you know, Mark Webb, right? Who is the director probably expected this to be some sort of big dramatic moment, a lot, you know, whatever. D- d- dramatic death, you know, maybe what Nolan thought he was doing with Batman begins to, you know, try to mm. dr- make it as dramatic and tr- and sad as possible and even though i do feel bad for andrew garfield because he did have that scene with ben where he told him he's a good father and stuff like that which i think is good stuff oh martin sheen
1: sold it the way he like (laughs) the way he like looks down but you can tell he smiles and then he like leaves the room i was like oh oh you are so gonna die super
0: hard yeah and 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 you know it's it's a good it's a good death scene and it definitely Mm -hmm. makes you Feel empathy, but the fact that he ended up in that position—it's a stupid reason to die. The fact that he put
1: himself in that position—I guess you can argue. It's hard to feel
0: that sorry for him.
1: Like I guess you can argue, hey, like yeah, he was trying to do what he thought was the right thing, and if you have the ability to do—and I think he does say that, like he says something to that effect—that if you have the ability to do something, then you have the like the responsibility to do something um and i think he says that like in the like closer to the beginning of the film but it's super weird because nothing indicated that that guy was gonna go around like starting to shoot innocent people he literally dropped the gun and he looked like he was gonna grab it so he can keep running and if it wasn't for uncle ben grabbing it they wouldn't have had the tussle for the gun where the guy ends up shooting uncle ben um so i felt really weird about that whole motivation um, I also thought it was weird, re- because it's like, apparently what turned Peter to an asshole was just this one, like, store clerk, it wasn't like, <laughs> at the very least in the Raimi-verse, when the guy, when, you know, in, in the Raimi-verse, that's where he's the wrestler, and he gets robbed, um, and the guy doesn't want to pay Peter money, so Peter lets him, like, lets the other, the thief get away, and, the, you know, they have that uh, excellent exchange where Toby looks at him and says, uh, you know, you you forgot or I don't see how that's my problem or something like that, Mm -hmm. like throwing the dude's words back in his face. And then there's like a separation of time where, you know, during that time, Peter's feeling like, oh, yeah, I stood up for myself. This is awesome. I feel powerful because I have all these powers now. And then when he walks in on or when he walks up to the crime scene where Uncle Ben was getting carjacked and ends up dying, like in Peter's arms, it hits you that much harder because you're like, it really shows you that, you know, like even though Peter has all these amazing powers, he, can, he was still powerless to save the one man that, um, that, he, that he cared about, right? His, his father, essentially. Um, and the worst part of it is he did it through his inaction. But in like an amazing Spider-Man, everything also happens so quick. I don't even know if Peter could have saved him. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know. Like I was just not a huge fan of the whole thing. But finally, we get to the part where Uncle Ben dies, and it drives home the great power, great responsibility. And what does Peter immediately do? Is he goes on like a what feels like a month long rampage going after, (laughs) going after petty criminals and arresting them. Yes exactly well, it's
0: it's like what we talked about it just doesn't it, it's it's like you think Spider-Man hero of New York City and it's just all he's doing is searching for these like low level criminals he then you get the like scene of him and Captain Stacy uh, where you know Captain Stacy is clearly annoyed that Spider Man is getting in his way of an investigation, and uh, you know what? He's kind of right. <laughs> Spider Man is not really doing much for me, and uh, nothing that he does early in this movie feels particularly heroic. And
1: it, the... it's it's different because in the Raimi movie, he like he has that emotional outburst the same night Uncle Ben dies. So it's like he gets over his his angst really quickly. And then even though he's doing the exact same thing in in the like Spider-Man one, like he's still taking out low-level people. I think it's it's the fact that the way New York is characterized itself, like the city of New York itself is a character in that Raimi movie. As opposed to this one where it's just a background and it's bleh, you know? And like you said, we don't get reaction shots of people in the crowd being like, oh shit, that's Spider-Man, he's being so cool. Like, you only see people around Spider-Man, so really, like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, like, I agree with you, though. It feels like there's nothing he does is enough to make it feel like he's well-known and also not enough to, like, warrant a following. Like, like there's no reason for the city of new york to even give a shit about this guy. Is this where he starts working with like with uh Dr. Connor's about the about the DNA?
0: Yeah, cuz it's like he discovers through his own research that that uh that Dr. Connor's was, you know, directly working with his father. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, that that basically puts them together. He somehow becomes his intern I (laughs) guess. yeah it's like by the way and so much of this takes place in oscorp as well and i guess like norman osborne is some sort of like just like emperor from star wars figure (laughs) (laughs) that you don't really ever see and his face is always (laughs) obstructed but i guess you realize that at some point he's going to be like the big bad of this like franchise
1: yeah and then he's like then you find out apparently he's dying and that's why Connors and Richard were working on a cure for him. Um, the dinner scene. There we go. That's what I wanted to get to. <laughs> the most awkward dinner scene of all time. <laughs> and I, this is what I see what people were saying. like I do like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, as the wisecracking Spider-Man. I don't hate it. Like I think he's actually really good. I think of all the Spider-Man, he probably does have he's probably the best as far as like the quips go. Like his delivery of shitty jokes or the way he like he taunts uh the bad guys while he's fighting. Like I think that's I think that part is done well. But he's his, good at
0: making he's good at making Peter and Spider-Man feel like very different characters almost like yeah almost like if you're like you're telling the audience that you know his when he becomes spider-man he becomes a different person which makes Mm -hmm. sense right like you know you're you're an introvert in your real life and then all of a sudden you put on this costume that gives you anonymity and it basically turns him into like the character that he can't be in real life
1: but that's the thing i feel like i feel he's too much too close to spider-man i feel he's still too witty as peter parker <laughs> but i don't know that could just be me reading a little bit
0: into it but yeah the, i don't the- feel like he's witty at all as peter parker and if anything really? else, like, I mean, he feels like he's accidentally suave. <laughs> like, like, he like douche. he backs into moments where, like, Gwen, like, would be attracted to him, like, based on, like, just how he acts. But, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't get enough off of his Peter Parker. And I kind of look at him as, like, it's one of those things where when I first saw this movie a long time ago, I thought he was really good. And then going back to it, it's like watching Christian Bale as Batman. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, this guy really isn't as good as you remember him being when you come back to it years later.
1: i know people are gonna hate that once again we're talking about batman in a non-batman movie no
0: every time we talk about superheroes especially marvel super especially we talk about like marvel superheroes we're we're gonna relate it to things we understand and Mm -hmm. and i
1: understand batfleck who is in my book still (laughs) the best batman and bruce Wayne combo because there's no difference he's just he just is whether he's in costume or out of costume in that movie he's just the same person (laughs) oh my god but i do want to talk about the dinner scene because that's where we see like the the scene you were talking about of um of uh dennis leary playing uh state uh captain stacy just hating the idea of spider-man not like you know and he really lays into peter because of the way peter feels about spider-man um But for some fucking reason, like, I don't get how Gwen and Peter's relationship, like, fosters. Because there's nothing that really happens that makes me feel like, oh, wow, he's really, like, it's just like, this feels like one of those relationships where they just, like, they think they're the others attractive enough. And they've been around each other for so long that they're like, why not? (laughs) Let's just get together. because she's like overly crazy about this guy who puts it who feels like he puts in the most minimal effort possible <laughs> but i remember the, the you know they have that scene where he keeps trying to talk to her and tell her they spider-man she's like you know he keeps trying to like like you were saying he falls ass backwards in and out of that situation and so finally he ends up shooting her with the web shooter and like hardcore making out on the roof of their building um and yeah like I remember when they started kissing the first thing I thought it was like weren't they just eating fish like isn't that kind of like I wouldn't want to make out someone after they ate fish that sounds weird
0: I mean whatever like you know yeah. high school kids were doing all sorts of filthy shit <laughs> yeah <you know>, whatever
1: <laughs> those sickos in high school were doing worse things when we were younger
0: yeah, sickos <laughs> yes 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 Oh my
1: god. Anyway so that so here is pretty much where Peter continues to like, you know, things are going good. He's got his girl, and but he starts investigating more about uh Doc Connors. And I think, yeah, this is the night that uh George Stacy, Captain Stacy ends up having to leave early for dinner. Yeah, and uh, we have the uh, the first confrontation between the lizard and Spider Man on the Williamsburg Bridge. So, uh, uh, yeah, Connors is uh, he takes a cab across the bridge. He starts like I was going say Hulk out, but he starts <laughs> monstering out, starts lizarding out on the in the back seat of the uh, cab. He ends up smashing out. And he tries to kill uh, Doctor Rotha, the the I guess he's like the personal position for Nor- uh, Norman Osborn, yeah. um, who's been trying to push Richard, at, or who was pushing Richard, and now Doctor Connors to getting a cure for Norman. Uh, he ends up attacking him. This is after oh, and obviously this is after Connors injects himself with an experimental serum using lizard DNA to grow back his arm, and there is some cool body horror stuff there because his ha- his arm grows back. All like lizardy and scaly at first, and then when he peels off the skin, it looks normal. It looks like a newborn hand, though. It looks like a newborn arm. It's all creepy looking.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: finally, that's when he lizards out. <laughs> and so, Peter, uh, or I'm sorry, Spider Peterman, Peter, Man, Peter S- <laughs> I was about to call him Peterman,
0: Peter, Peterman,
1: Peterman, Spider S. <laughs> Peter <Man.
0: laughs> oh no, Peter Peterman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, so Peter as Spider-Man ends up confronting him, and
0: uh, as Lizard starts chucking cars
1: off the bridge <laughs> like Donkey Kong.
0: I you know what? I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I do like this action scene. I don't think it's mm-hmm. better than anything in Raimi, but no, but you <laughs> it's know just it's just as
1: campy as something in Raimi. I mean it's
0: good, yeah. It's campy, but then they also do like the we're trying to add stakes to it. So it's Mm -hmm. like there's when the one car goes, uh, you know, over the bridge and Peter's trying to like, you know, save it from falling to to save the child inside the car. Mm -hmm. They have the thing where like the car lights on fire and he has to try (laughs) to save the kid from the flaming car. Uh, It's just like, yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of beats. But again, it's just everything is so damn dark in this movie like just literally it's 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 harder (laughs) to see what's happening and it just doesn't feel like it it doesn't pop and and i think that's the biggest problem it feels more generic like it feels like you could stick this in rainy in rainy spider-man and it's better oh
1: yeah because it actually would have been lit up like you could actually see the action going on there would have been cool colors um and it was funny because, he, dude, he, show, he tells everyone he's Spider-Man in this movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, he you want to see, see my secret identity?
1: <laughs> hey, kid, I know you feel like shit, but look, I'm Spider-Man. And the kid just looks at him like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you fucking nerd. And then he gives the kid the mask so <laughs> the kid can now breathe all his, like, spider germs. <laughs> but he ends up saving the kid. And he leaves. He leaves the kid with the uh, with the dad. The dad exclaims, "Who are you?" To which Peter responds, "I'm Spider Man." And he leaves all. He then proceeds to leave all the cars hanging by webbing. So I'm assuming, fuck all those people in particular. I was like, wow, great hero work. You could have gone back and saved all of them, but nah. I guess only the little white kids are the ones that matter. Oh, man. So, then from here on out, um, you know, we find out a little bit more about Connors, that he was trying to uh, administer his serum. Uh, Yeah, he was trying to administer his serum, I guess, to, um, to like, (laughs) at a veterans, uh, a VA hospital. Uh, Like, he was giving... um, Oh, no, no, no. That's what, that's what led to it was that he wanted to administer the serum out to a VA hospital under the, (laughs) like, pretending they're flu shots to see if people would grow limbs back. Like, okay, even in comic book, like, mad scientist land, that sounds highly unethical, no matter what. But, um, anyway. After their, yeah, after the whole situation with the cars... Uh, Peter starts believing that uh, Dr. Connors is the lizard he goes and I think he goes as far to te- as telling Captain Stacy who then uh, informs or you know who goes on and actually follows the lead and tries hey, to. hey Captain Stacy look Connors. it's me Peter Parker <laughs> <laughs> you know the guy that loves Spider-Man and is suddenly invested in all these major crimes you're right you like
0: how did he not how did he not know this guy was spider-man when they were arguing about spider-man at dinner
1: (laughs) it's like i'm arguing with spider-man right now (laughs) that was my dennis leary impression thank you i'm a man of many voices (laughs) and so after that um peter believing that stacy doesn't you know isn't going to follow the lead he tries to find the lizards like underground lair in the sewer system by shooting a bunch of webs through the main lines and essentially just waiting for till he feels vibrations um from the lizard uh which ends up leading to this really cool fight scene uh in the sewers which i would i do appreciate about this movie and obviously i don't know if it was a restriction due to uh technology at the time or if it was also kind of the way because of the way Raimi did it but this movie does a really good job of blending cgi and um and practical effects at least for spider-man i feel like the lizard is pretty cgi through the entire movie but at the very least if they're safe enough to throw a uh if there's a stunt that's safe enough to throw a andrew garfield stand-in in in a spider-man costume in there they do it and boy, howdy does he get thrown around! <laughs> but after the battle, uh, after the battle in the sewers, uh, the lizard ends up ripping or cutting up uh, uh, Peter's chest, uh, le- leaving him all bleeding, bleeding, and messed up from the on his costume. And he ends up, lizard ends up recovering the. Um, recovering the camera that uh peter uses to take pictures of himself and or to try to prove the lizard i believe because this one he's not a photographer like he's not a daily bugle photographer and he's not trying to capitalize off spider-man either so i'm assuming that's probably the next movie where that happens because the idea is he would be in college by then but the lizard ends up grabbing the camera and of course on the back conveniently says property of peter parker and Doc Connors is like, hey, I work with Peter Parker. <laughs> Maybe I should talk to this kid. And he ends up going, you know, going through the sewer system and attacking Peter at school um, a couple days later by going through the, uh, he like breaks out of a toilet through the, through the sewer system. <laughs> but after his battle with uh, the lizard, he actually goes back to, to Gwen's house. And this I did like. Um, I do like this scene where he goes and he talks to Gwen because this does happen in the ultimate Spider-Man, where Peter, at least there he's uh going out with um he's going out with Mary Jane. But pretty much like Mary Jane is like the only person Peter really can really open up to about being Spider-Man, whether it's the doubts, whether it's the fears, whether it's all the other shit. And one of the things she does do is she does kind of play nurse, helping him kind of, like, heal up from fights and, like, repairing his costume and stuff like that. So you get a little bit of that where Peter shows up to Gwen's room and she, like, you know, patches him up and, like, helps him with the costume and stuff. Um, yeah, and that pretty much takes us to the next day at school where the lizard gets into a fight with Peter at the school. Um. I'm trying to remember how how that um how did the lizard escape from there? I think uh, I think he just like leaves, huh? Like like Spider-Man and him are fighting, and then after he saves Gwen, yeah, uh, the lizard just is like, "All right, I'm I'm boning out," I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even though there's no reason for him to leave, because I don't even think the police had shown up yet um but yeah i mean we get some cool scenes uh and then we see that gwen is a ride or die coming to save peter right before um the lizard like smashes his brains all over the wall uh, by hitting (laughs) him with like a trophy or some shit
0: anyway he has uh, to get saved by stacy's more than once because there's that and then there's also like the scene right at the end where like you know captain stacy like has to save him from getting his head squished
1: <laughs> yeah and he uses the one of superpower that matters
0: guns a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> oh good thing i came prepared for this click, click. Uh, and okay so the villain plot in this movie is i guess connor's is going to unleash a gas that will turn everyone in new york into lizards all right
1: Because he believes humanity is the real virus. <laughs> and if you think I'm joking, I'm uh, not. That's the actual plot.
0: Spoiler alert, the humanity is the virus, but
1: <laughs> the earth is healing as lizard people. You know what's funny? I was thinking about that. Like, what happened? Like, turning the world into lizard people doesn't fix anything. Though. Well,
0: you're not even turning the world into lizard people. You're turning one city into lizard people. And it's like, what well, you don't think that like <laughs> <laughs> that they're not going to try to immediately well knowing the way the world works now they'd come up with an antidote and like half the lizard people wouldn't take <laughs> <laughs> it. <I'm... laughs> oh, I wasn't
1: expecting it to get me like I was going to piggyback off that joke but I couldn't <laughs> oh my god I was going to make a 5G joke <laughs>
0: oh yeah 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 i know i know it's like nobody's getting their boosters except for like me and my friends but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah it's like it it, it's this it's just the plot in this it doesn't feel it feels too cartoonish Mm -hmm. you know like for what it's doing like his thing was he's trying to grow an arm back right and instead of like coming up with some sort of he's a scientist you know instead of thinking of doing some sort of like robotic prosthetic, which is you know what a lot of like tech has been doing anyway. It's like the idea is that we know that we're not gonna regrow limbs, uh, at least at this point. And it's not that people aren't trying, but it's you know it's it's like it's machines, it is robotics that is that is trying to push ahead with giving people new versions of limbs, right? And mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense that 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 he wouldn't be more into doing that, as opposed to like, you know, like turning turning himself into a lizard. (laughs) There's two kinds of people in this world. How that's supposed to help? (laughs)
1: There's two kinds of people in this world. There would be practical people that are like, "Oh man, let me get a prosthetic," and then there's idiots that are
0: like. I'm going to be a lizard. <laughs> it's almost like if somebody's answer to the COVID pandemic was instead of getting a vaccine that like, that, that, you know, gives you the antibodies to help you fight COVID. You just give people uh, what's called a lizard vaccine. instead. <laughs> here you go, turn into a completely different animal. Here's something that changes your biology. <laughs> hey, yeah, there's a,
1: you know there's this completely safe vaccine you can take that will have minimal side effects and can actually help you no i'm just gonna shove a bunch of horse dewormer up my ass (laughs) (laughs) those are the kirk connors of the world
0: it's dumb and i know that kirk connors even in ray in raimi spider-man he was in that as well and it's just he he doesn't make much of an impression on on this movie Mm -hmm. he sucks as a villain he's really not that good you know what this
1: reminds me of? And I need to send it to you. There's this panel of when Spider-Man's confronting this, uh, this Marvel villain named Sauron mm-hmm. who masters genetic manipulation and turns himself into a pterodactyl man. <laughs> Peter was like, "You can use your science to cure diseases and cancer," and he goes, "No, I just want to be a dinosaur."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this is. And yeah. okay, he stops them because, you know, he he has he has Gwen, the sixteen-year-old intern, come up with the antidote for him. She gives him the antidote and, you know, he is mortally wounded. So it's he needs to get to Oscorp quickly before the lizard gets there and kills Gwen Stacy. So, you know, Mm -hmm. thankfully, because he saved that kid from the burning car earlier in the movie, we Coincidentally, get the scene of that kid's father who I guess like knows every single crane operator in the city. You don't <laughs> understand how strong labor unions are in the city. <laughs> in New York. Yeah. And this feels like this movie's like attempt to try to get that, you know, working people behind Spider-Man moment from those movies, and it just it feels false because. I just my, don't understand how so many people have heard about Spider-Man at this point, but
1: <laughs> my favorite part about that is that the TV is telling everyone to evacuate. And this guy sees Spider-Man, right? But nobody's evacuating. May no, is watching
0: not- this from her house. <laughs> and and I and outside of like traffic on the street, nobody is actually listening to
1: these <laughs> like evacuation the- orders. Even the kid's dad is like, damn, they want us to evacuate. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> damn, that sucks. <laughs> and then his response is, hey, I know there's an evacuation order, but I want everyone else to put themselves in danger and go move every crane in a 15-block, I guess, span to give Spider-Man anchor points for him to swing faster. And I was like, okay, okay cool i'm not even i not think of that a, <laughs> like why would he even think of doing that like there is nothing to tell you first of all yeah who thinks of that Two, there is nothing to tell you that that actually would have made him faster because i mean the cranes have to be on either side of the blocks anyway so it's not like I guess it kind of makes it easier for him to swing. I don't know, <laughs> but then it's really dumb because then I started thinking about. it. I'm like, how many fucking cranes are there? How much construction is going on in 2012 New York? That on like a 15 block span. Oh, you yeah, Well, you
0: know, big cities like that. There's always construction going on. That may, yeah, that, but there's that, like, like 20 fine.
1: cranes. <laughs> I was like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah. Well, you know, that's yeah. Don't think about it too hard. (laughs) So he ends up getting to the Oscorp building and he, you know, is about to get killed by the lizard. Uh, Gwen, I guess, was going to give him the antidote and her father, you know, Captain Stacy stops her, tells her to get into the police car and, you know, basically reveals to her that he knows that Peter is Spider-Man, goes in there, starts shooting the lizard and distracts him long enough to get killed And Well, to get himself injured to the point where it's only a matter of minutes before he dies, Mm -hmm. and also, um, I guess, give Peter enough time to put the antidote into motion, which, (laughs) you know, because the initial trial run of this gas already turned, like, a unit of NYPD officers into lizard people, (laughs) I guess we did need the antidote to go across the entire city to basically... You know, inoculate them uh, and give them the antidote to this disease that was going to travel airborne and kill all of them, or so, maybe turn them into super into super villain, a city of super villains. Who knows?
1: Yeah, who knows? Or heroes? There could be some good Blizzard people.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's like, it. it what are they going to do? Like turn into the cast of like that old Jim Henson dinosaurs like movie. Yeah. It's well, all yeah. like-
1: That's why for me, anytime there was like a superhero or supervillain plot of I'm just going to turn everyone on earth into something else. I always thought it was stupid because I'm like, you don't really fix anything. Everyone is going to have the same problems, but just as like squid people.
0: I also don't like the design of the villain in this. Like, the lizard looked way too much like those like creatures from that Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> the Goombas. Oh, the Goombas. Like, can we say that? Is that? I feel like.
1: Hold on. <laughs> Did I just say a racial slur?
0: Well, you know, they, 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 hey, those are the characters in that movie. Like, we are specifically talking about those, like, you know, lizard. <laughs> um henchmen from the super mario brothers movie. Be
1: wrong and they have a completely different name and i learned something about myself <laughs> but anyway yeah you're right they do look super weird they got like weird flat noses and eh, it's just stupid monster design
0: all right so anyway that's how this movie basically comes to an end spider-man saves the day uh captain no. stacy <laughs> dies this-
1: This movie ends like three times.
0: It really does because Captain Stacy dies and you would think that's the end of the movie but then no you're also going to get the funeral after Captain Stacy has died Mm -hmm. and then Peter is like sneaking at the funeral like looking at Gwen and you think that's where it's going to end and then all of a sudden you get another scene of Gwen going to Peter's house and then you know where she's basically saying she knows that her dad like told Peter to stay away from her and then you think that's the ending of the movie. <laughs> you get a scene of Peter coming in late to school. And that's where he talks about how the best promises are the ones that are meant to be broken. And uh, I'm like, not that's like, not how that works. Peter. Not only is this like the fifth real- time that this movie has ended, but it's also like a line that you further dooms Gwen in the next movie in this franchise. <laughs>
1: not to mention it sounds creepy yeah the best promises are the ones meant to be i'm like sir you are a 30 year old man in high school
0: (laughs) i'm gonna need you to relax
1: the funny part about the second ending is that as gwen leaves like aunt may comes out and starts talking to peter and i'm like this is the most you've said this is the most you've talked in this movie in the last like 45
0: <laughs> yeah i forgot you existed for most of this movie but hey welcome back at me
1: that was my that was my reaction i was like ah, who the fuck are you
0: <laughs> all right so that oh, is the amazing man. spider-man javi do you like the amazing spider-man
1: <laughs> fuck no
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fucking awful like don't get me wrong there's some stuff to like and i think it's the move the the fun stuff that does happen in this movie yeah it's kind of fun the fight is the fights aren't terrible it's just the the this movie suffers from a lot of shit pacing a lot of shit writing um and yeah it just like i think like you said you you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about it to me yesterday like this movie has not aged too hot no. It has not been like, <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't like, honestly, if i had to watch it for the show, I would not be revisiting this movie.
0: No, no. And I agree. I, I also do not like this movie and rewatching it. I realized how much I do not like this movie. I'm glad that this universe was rebooted shortly after this. And uh, we're about to see the one that like absolutely is the poison pill that murders this franchise. And maybe even murdered my perception of Jamie Foxx, who at this point was an Oscar winner. Um, uh, so we'll see that next week when we do Amazing Spider-Man 2. But yeah, it's pretty bad. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough to be uh, to a good, an adequate follow-up to the Raimi movies or be some sort of spiritual, like, this is what we got wanted to do with Spider-Man 4 that we finally get to do here. And it's also just not good enough to, to, to keep up with what Marvel was doing anymore. Like this, this felt like it wasn't as important as what Marvel was doing at the time that it came out because all of Marvel's heroes were all in a shared universe. Uh, Captain America and Iron Man and Hulk all felt like bigger stars at this point because they had Mm -hmm. had their own, like, not only did they have their own like solo movies, but then that team up was so perfect and mm-hmm. that movie was so good that it's just why would you want to go back to these solo like superhero movies
1: because well, even I'll... stuff
0: like batman the next year or the, that's that's after man of steel where they were finally talking about setting up a dceu mm-hmm. and um, this was it this was like the last breath before you know marvel like took over everything <laughs> pretty
1: much i will you know i will say this even though this movie has a teenage peter parker and mcu Uh, Peter Parker's teenage Peter Parker and it's like this is one of those things where Marvel has the formula and had the ability to do this right and they had a way to make Peter feel part of something bigger where this just feels like he's just fart in the water (laughs) like he's just (laughs) dropping the bucket
0: yeah Mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel that important the yeah. stakes aren't there, and and that's what we talked about. With is the problem with some of the Spider-Man stuff? It just doesn't feel as big as the Raimi Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But Tom Holland is really good in Spider-Man, and his 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 uh, performances from those movies, I feel like have only they like the way that they've aged. It's only better now, looking back on it with time, oh, because definitely. the stuff that they wanted to do, like he feels much more relatable as Peter Parker you know, like he feels more like a loser, <laughs> even though he's not like, I mean, you know, he's still like Tom Holland, but, but it's just, he, he is good at feeling more relatable in those movies. And uh, I like the Gen Z take on Peter Parker and MCU. And this, again, this just doesn't do it for me. The romance is okay. I like certain moments of it. I think Emma Stone's a great actress. I just, there's just not enough about this movie that j- to justify its existence. <laughs> and uh, we're going to find out in next week's movie just like how bad it can get before they finally you- pull the plug on this.
1: You know what, though? If Andrew Garfield makes does make an appearance in uh, No Way Home, I am going to fucking freak out. Just
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> I- I'm, I'm 100% expecting him to show up. I think it's going to be cool. I'll be happy when I see it. I know there's going to be some sort of team up. Where he, Toby, and uh, Tom all do something together. So, looking forward said, to that, but never put him f- in a solo movie ever again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> in fact, if he dies in No Way Home, we're not going to be mad. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we love you, Andrew Garfield. No, we don't. But. <laughs>
0: All right. So we'd like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the show. Uh, Please continue to follow us on social media and interact with us. And also please give us reviews on Apple Podcasts or, you know, ratings so that we can help up the visibility of the show and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week when we do amazing spider-man 2 and then the week after that we're actually going to talk no way home which i'm very excited to watch and i'm pretty sure it's just going to be based on early ticket sales it is going to be the biggest movie of the year like we are reaching avengers level hype for this movie
1: we actually should we we can't even promise that might be the movie next week like (laughs) <laughs> the way ticket sales are going we might not be able to watch it for a we're while get,
0: we're, we're tentatively scheduling it because we're hoping that we can get tickets for the movie before we do our episode after next week but uh because
1: yeah, i haven't pre-ordered and i don't think you pre-ordered either Neither have
0: i so so we'll see we'll see if we get we'll lucky. uh but yeah but next week we already know what we're studying so one more terrible 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 spider-man movie before <laughs> we get to the one we're waiting for we'll yeah. talk to you guys next week
1: Later, y'all.